The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. Joining the USL was a goal of ours, and we've always had our eyes on this for, for the reason that we want our youth to have the opportunities that we did not have, right? We want our youth to have, have a goal of being able to play pre-professional soccer as they're out of high school, as they're in college. So then they're already getting exposed to this high level of soccer and professional coaches that could recruit them to that pro level. I know the youth level is going to take us a little while, but we're not giving up. You know, we just want to show the, the, the Rochester surrounding areas that there is potential here. You know, there are opportunities here, you know, and we're not going to run away. We're only going to grow and for the benefit of all of us. Rochester is an awesome town. I think it needs it. It needs something like this, you know, especially on the women's side. That we added the women's side. That was that came out of nowhere. Actually, it was not planned, but it happened, and we are so happy about it. Welcome to the Growing Destinations Podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Soccer is a growing sport, and my guests today are leading the charge in southeast Minnesota to expand its reach. Moharum Dedich, or Mo, and Midhat Moyich, or Mido, are Bosnian immigrants who, along with their families, left war-torn Bosnia more than 20 years ago and settled in Rochester, Minnesota, to start a new life. Mo and Mido met each other through soccer and became friends and business partners, and in 2018, they started a soccer club called Rochester FC. Through that club, they are now bringing the highest level of pre-professional soccer for men and women to the greater Rochester area through a partnership with the United Soccer League. Midhat Mojic, Muharrem Dedic, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So Midhat, I believe you go by Mito. Correct. So in this interview, we will call you Mito and Muharrem Mo. You both emigrated from Bosnia to the United States more than 20 years ago. Tell us about that journey. Mo, let's start with you. Sure. Back, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but not with, with uh, where we come from. Uh, we had a nasty war in the 90s. Uh, and then we got displaced, uh, chased out from our country. We went as a refugees to, to Germany for five years. We never really settled. We moved around. So Throughout Europe. Through the, uh, Germany. Just I, Germany. Okay. We mainly stayed in Germany. Okay. Yeah. And um, war stopped. And then my dad decided to go back because he was homesick. And then we went back for a year or two. And after the war, it, was, it wasn't the right choice to do, but it, we did. And um, luckily, he had family. He had his brother here. In, in Rochester, in, Minnesota? or Actually in Texas. Texas. Yes, in Arlington, Texas. So um, to the family, there were, uh, we established a connection to the embassy, and then they brought us over here. And that's how uh, we actually landed in, in Rochester. When was that? Uh, 99, September 9th, 99. Mito, same question for you. What brought you to the United States? The same situation for us. We didn't, we didn't go to Germany or anywhere. Um, actually, our family just bounced around in Bosnia. We lost our home during the war. So there was nowhere for Tragic. us to, yeah, so there was nowhere for us to kind of go. So my family decided to take a chance and uh, come to the States. 
my dad had a had a cousin in the area who recommended Rochester as a fantastic place for a family and um, growing a family and education. And you know, Mayo being being one of the best hospitals, it was a good good place to kind of start a family. How old were both of you when you came here, Mo? I was eighteen. Eighteen. I was ten. Ten. Wow. Yeah. So pretty young. So you really grew up in Rochester. Yeah. As you settled in Rochester, went to school here, tell us a little bit about growing up in Rochester and, and the activities you did. And I know you're big soccer players, so I believe you played quite a bit and still do soccer. Mito? When we came here, I had no knowledge about soccer, no knowledge about the area. We spoke no English. We learned it through watching TV and stuff. So I really didn't get involved in new sports until middle school about, I think, eighth grade. And that was because one of my teachers at that time saw me playing outside with, you know, kind of wreck uh, with some kids. And uh, he noticed that I had a talent. And then he reached out to one of the coaches. And uh, from that point, I've, I played for the Rochester U system. That's, I, that's how my soccer kind of started. Well, how about you? Well, you, you were older uh, when I you came here. Eight years older, <laughs> but my my whole soccer life started back in Germany as a refugee. Uh, you know, as kids, we were just uh, you know in a, in a refugee camp where we, we spent five years. I mean, it was just a ball, street, and nothing else really, and and school of course. But we struggled. You struggle with the language, so people helped us a lot there. And through school, I started playing. And uh, Europe is a little different. The whole set around soccer and stuff, they have uh, scouts through the sc- schools, through the whole whole system. And and one of the guys approached me and, and, and he saw you know, a little talent in me and then brought me to, to a super, super top academy uh, level or club. And that's how everything started. When you came to Rochester and you were 18 years old, did you know any English? Uh, a, little, a little bit, actually. I actually, uh, first six months, I ended up in the ESL class at Century High School. And that was it for me. You both fell in love with soccer and you played throughout your career. Tell us a little bit about that part of your lives early on, post-high school. Yeah, so for me, uh, I played for Mayo High School. It's it's tough to get college recruiting in the area. Um, a lot of the, you know, if you want to play college, it's you have to reach out to colleges to kind of recruit you, right? So initially, I didn't, I didn't even consider it. I was approached by Saint Olaf, but then I decided to go to Hamlin University in Saint Paul. Yes, yep, because we had a friend that actually went up there before, and he's like, "Hey, you should go to this college because it's really good." So I ended up there for a year. I didn't like the city life, so I ended up at St. Mary's University in Winona. And I graduated from there. And then right after that, I ended up playing for some NPSL teams. Then I went over for Finland and Sweden for a little bit. And then I came back. When I played for Minnesota United, I think it was in 2018. And then after that, I think we had our kids. So I decided to call it on the travel back and forth all the time. And that's when Met City started in the area, so I ended up playing for them. We'll have Mo play catch-up, and then we're going to talk about how you two became business partners. You know, as I brought it up earlier, uh, soccer was my life, to be honest. You know, I had five awesome years in Germany. Uh, I was ready and fit maybe to become a, a pro, actually. 
And then my my dad, as I said, decided to move back. It was tough for me, you know, because uh, at that age, you either make it or not. I was 16. I went back and I played actually in my hometown for first team with 16. I was the youngest captain ever. I actually, they sent me actually a book. I was uh, all-star ever, you know, with 16. I mean, uh, impressive. I, I was ready. I was ready for, for top level. And then, you know, again, my dad, my dad decided to move to the U S and brought us over here. And then I was actually involved, uh, through the years in Rochester st- starting right away. You know, I was hungry for soccer. You thought, you know, this, this might be it here, you know, maybe a chance. Um, but my, I had two biggest injuries that can happen to a soccer player. I was 18 and 19. So with 18 ACL and meniscus with 19, the left ACL. So my, my both knees, uh, went out bad injuries, you know, tried to recover. And I played for the PDL team here in town. And that was actually a wing of uh, Minnesota Thunder back in the days. Uh, I, I, I was there for a year. And then I played uh, through MASL, Minnesota Amateur Soccer League. They had four divisions. So that was a top division, uh, the division one. So I played there. And then I was involved at the Bosnian Community Club in town here for many, many years. So I ran that club many years. Even Mido was part of that. I mean, he grew up and he was older. Well, you've both settled in Rochester. You both have young families and careers. And in 2018, you became co-owners of the Rochester Football Club, football meaning soccer. What motivated you to start Rochester FC? When I uh, played for Met City, uh, we had quite a few of local guys. The opportunity for them to play kind of went away second year. Uh, I think there was a transition in coaching and staff. And for me, it was important to showcase local talents. And um, I wanted the opportunity to give players in our area the opportunity to play at a high level. And um, I did research and uh, we found out that the UPSL was a, was an opportunity for us. I've known Mo for a long, long time. And we played, you know, with the Bosnian club and uh, with his background and talent and business knowledge. He was kind of the perfect partner for this. So we had a meeting and I think it was behind his house next to his pool. We sat down in chairs and I was like, I brought a couple of papers. I was like, Mo, I was like, what do you think about this? And then we started talking. We're like, well, he, he wanted to push on the youth Academy because of the development and maybe you can expand on it. Back again, going to Germany, I was the happiest kid, and I saw how club itself functioned from the youth up all the way up to the first team. And my my dream was always to to have a something close to it, you know, where you where we as a club or as a as a club owners, where we can work on local local kids to give them opportunities to grow up, being a, a good person first, and then you know, athletes as second. And I always wanted to push that. And Mida was just the right choice, I guess. And we decided to go ahead uh, with the UPSL. Who do you serve with the club? So the U side's, uh, it's actually the toughest to kind of grow. So we've been, we've been working on it since, you know, 2018. And initially for us, it was just, you know, recruiting kids on our own, kids who have never played 
soccer, you know, due to financial reasons or just never, you know, family was just not supportive enough for them to do that. So we did a lot of personal recruiting back then and we found amazing kids and we, we started a team, you know, with just the boys side. I believe at that time it was 14 year olds, 14 through 16. And then um, through the couple years, we focused on them. And just last year, we ended up having two girls teams, um, 15 through 18 years of age. And then this year, we also have uh, boys U13 and U11 team. So we're growing slowly, but it's it's hard to recruit kids, I think, because they're playing with their friends and they're not looking to move at the moment. This past summer, you made a significant announcement that greatly impacts Rochester's standing in the soccer community. Rochester FC is the newest club to join the United Soccer League, USL, pre-professional leagues with both the USLW Women's League and the Men's USL League 2. What are the benefits to Southeast Minnesota of bringing this level of soccer to Rochester? It's, it's high-level soccer. It's it's very high. It's it's the highest pre-professional, you know, league in the nation. It's a, it's a top top league, well-respected league. For us it was important to take the step because of our past experiences with, you know, personally not being recruited by colleges, not being a, able to have an opportunity to go to that next level, right? Joining the USL was was a goal of ours and we've always had our eyes on this for for the reason that we want our youth to have the opportunities that we did not have, right? We want our youth to have have a goal of being able to play pre-professional soccer as they're out of high school, as they're in college. So then they're already getting exposed to this high level of soccer and professional coaches that could recruit them to that pro level. And that's something that we did not have. So for us, you know, that was important. Greater development for youth, Mo? Absolutely. You know, those are the reasons actually why we added both themes on top. Just for the youth to have a goal. They should have ladders, climbing the ladders. The highest should have been a pre-professional, maybe professional in a year or two after they join the pre-professionals. So those are the options. I mean, those are the, 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 the things that we provide actually in town here and surrounding areas. And I know the youth level is going to take us a little while, but we're not giving up. You know, we just want to show the, the, the Rochester surrounding areas that there is potential here. You know, there are opportunities here, you know, and we're not going to run away. We're only going to grow and for the benefit of all of us. Rochester is an awesome town. I think it needs it. It needs something like this, you know, especially on the women's side. Adele. We added the women's side. That was, that came out of nowhere, actually. It was not planned, but it happened. And we are so happy about it. Well, give us the backstory on bringing USL leagues to Rochester. How easy of a decision was it, and how long did it take? For us, it was it was an easy decision to make due to the professional level there it's at, and how it's how it's run by the league, how it's organized, um, the support you get from it. So it was an easy decision. Financially, we did have some you know back and forth because it is a financially you know it's a huge commitment from from us. But it, it, was a, it was a perfect move, you know, and at the right time for us. I want to spend some time focusing on the women's club because the USLW is new. And the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, had an incredible debut with the Minnesota Aurora in its inaugural season this past year, going all the way to the championship final, but unfortunately losing out. But what a year. 
Average home game attendance for the Aurora totaled more than 5,500 fans. They will now be a competitor for you. Give us your perspective on this phenomenal season uh, for the Twin Cities, Minnesota, you know, benefiting from that and, and, and how that can be a springboard for, for your new league. All sports are played because of fans. You know, they're surviving because of fans. Looking at these numbers, I mean, you tell me, you won't find a kid around here that's not willing to go out there and play in front of a five, 6,000 fans. That's our goal too, but not now. Soccer is being played because of the fans. And looking at these numbers, these numbers are phenomenal. I mean, looking, reading and looking, I mean, on social media, of course, we research in our teams that we're going to play. And we are so excited, you know, to face them. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, and especially, especially for local kid to go up there and, and play in front of so many people. I mean, that's, that's a dream come true. Mino, how about you? Give us some perspective. Yeah, so I'm with Mo on this. You know, the the fans is just it's it's a different atmosphere. And when you when you've played in front of, you know, not even that many, but if you played in front of a good good crowd, it's it's different for the players. So for us, like they're they're well organized. They've done well this past year. You know, internally and with you know on the field, off the field. I just saw that they actually got the mascot, which is a huge congratulations to them. You know, that's that's a huge step for us. We 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 want to replicate, and you know, hopefully we can outdo them. But that that's a that's a goal a goal for us. That's a positive sign to see so much energy in the inaugural season for uh, the USLW. Yeah, I mean, women's side is growing, men's side is growing, and to, for them to have you know six thousand fans on average per game, that's that's huge. Uh, that just shows the support there is uh, for soccer, you know, for women's soccer. So amazing. You announced this new affiliation with the USL in early July. Now what? Because both the men's and the women's league, they take the field in 2023. What happens now? It's a lot of work on our end. So we're you know, connecting with businesses, connecting with colleges, connecting with players, um, finalizing our tryout dates. We're, just, we're doing a lot of research, a lot of, a lot of work on the back end to have a successful season. So we've got our, you know, dates set up for our tryouts. We've got, we've got connections to D1 colleges. We've got connections to D3, D2 colleges as well. So, and then we've also been recruiting on, on the high school level for girls. So we've gone out and watched some high school games to see where our girls are, you know, at, at that level. So, cause we, like I said, our goal is not, our goal is to be local. So we want to, you know, make sure that we've got some girls and boys that can compete at that level. You mentioned earlier, this is a big investment financial, of course, and, and people, how will you measure its success? By attendance, to be honest, you know, as, as I just talked, it's all about the fans. You have fans in, you, you'll, you'll have better marketing, better things in general, you know, it looks better. Uh, you can sell more to, to, to businesses you know, by going and saying, hey, look, our games, you know, they are attended by, by so many thousands of people, you know. It's, it's easier for marketing part as well, you know. It's the attendance that, that clubs survive by and marketing, of course. But you won't get that, you know, they both have to click to be successful. When do the seasons start for the men and the women next year in 2023? We're looking at April. For both? 
Yeah, probably towards the end of April. I think we're in a different situation than most most states because of, you know, the snow in Minnesota. <laughs> so we're we're limited to out, out, outdoor stadiums. So for us, you know, we're looking at end of April kind of kick off, and then it'll go probably till the end of July, early August. I was at the press conference when you announced this uh, big opportunity for Southeast Minnesota, a lot of media in attendance, and you also unveiled a new crest. Tell us about the new logo that I'm right now staring at as we're talking. When we had our other logo, we wanted to build a logo around the city of Rochester, the community, and, um, you know, that's where the loon came in, you know, the the state bird. Right. <laughs> we had Rochester Football Club on there. The year was started in 2018. And then, you know, they had the cityscape, I think, on there for Rochester. So, you know, moving into the USL League, we, we wanted to modernize, modernize that a little bit. So we, we created the logo. We had a professional designer there out of England do that work for us. And they did a fantastic job. So the modern loon is... It's in the center. We've got Rochester FC up top and then Minnesota. Minnesota on the bottom, kind of representing the state, the city, and then the loon. We also added Minnesota for a specific specific reason. It's kind of interesting because Rochester Football Club. There's a, there's a few Rochester Football Clubs out there. <laughs> Australia, New York, multiple areas. <laughs> and I've gotten multiple phone calls from Rochester, New York. Hey, <laughs> when is your game this Friday? Uh-huh. We don't have a game this Friday, right? So the, the, including the Minnesota part will kind of hopefully eliminate that, not to get confusion. So in the loon, you know, you've got the the eyes. So instead of the eye, we did the yellow star to kind of give a shout out to us as owners and uh, as Bosnian owners to the Bosnian flag, which is, you know, they've got this yellow stars. It's a great looking logo, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. How do you bring the community along with you as you build this new club? For us, you know, the work that we've done, you know, reaching out to businesses, reaching out to schools, reaching out to everybody is to kind of make them aware that Rochester Football Club is here. Um, And we're here for the long term. We're not here for a year or two. It's going to decades and decades. And hopefully when me and Mo move on, there's definitely Rochester Football Club is still around. So we want to expose the club to the city and, we think, as Mo, as Mo mentioned, by bringing in attendance and, you know, bringing in entertainment. Soccer is entertainment. If it's done right, people will come out, enjoy the game. They'll support the players on the field, which we're hoping a lot of them are going to be local athletes. So by having that, and then on that top of that, our city is going to benefit because anybody that's a sponsor of Rochester Football Club, they sponsor, they sponsor the club, but they also sponsor – the youth, uh, that gives us an opportunity to give scholarships to all the youth in the area. Um, so that's how we get our funds to give scholarships to youth who can't afford it. And then on top of that, they get the advertising during games. So they get banners, they get flyers, they get brochures. So when fans come out, I think everybody benefits because the businesses benefit by the advertising. Now people know who this business is, that business is. The fans, the community benefits because now they're seeing our local athletes competing on a top pre-professional level against Minnesota Aurora or Chicago or Springfield. And then the youth benefit because they get the support from the community and they're able to play the sport they love in front of family and friends in the area. Mito and Mo, it's been great uh, to have this conversation with you. It's fun to hear about 
this new enterprise and how you're building it in real time. Congratulations on your most recent success with the announcement of your affiliation with USL and best of luck in the 2023 season. Thank you very much. Growing Destinations, thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.